0: Welcome to another episode of Empower Apps. I'm your host, Leo Dion. Today, I am joined by Hide van der Plug. Hidde, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for, so much for having me. And Thank and well you so done much for having on... a
0: straight face while I say
1: your name. <laughs> you. Yeah, it's always funny. It's always funny. How are you going to announce this time?
0: <laughs> I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself before we get started.
1: So, my name is Hidde van der Plug, as you pronounce it in Dutch. I am an indie app maker. I have a big background in design. I have over 15 years of experience in design now, I think. Turned indie developer and all my apps are on WatchOS. So I think that's the main topic we'll be talking about here today.
0: Yes, yes. If you would missed it, though DC, there was a big, huge announcement about an operating system. And of course, I'm not talking about Vision Pro. I'm talking <laughs> about WatchOS Town yeah I think we're both pretty excited about the updates that come there and big design changes. I just installed Watch of ten yesterday oh, on it's a beauty the, on the- my crappy series five so I was telling you before the recording i have a i had a series six and a series seven I bought six brand new and it's a forty millimeter and then I bought a series seven used off of ebay it's a forty 40- Four, whatever the bigger size is. And then last week, my Series 6 decided to just die on me. Yes. So, like, I, and that's the one I probably like more because I think I like smaller watches. People have been trying to convince me to get Ultra, but we'll see about that. But it just died on me. Like, you put it on the charger and it doesn't turn on. And I think when I try to turn it on while it's on the charger, occasionally the Apple logo will flash. And oh, then nice. it will go away. Little um, falls but it, like, Yeah. It like never puts on. I took it to the Apple store. She's like, yeah, this is dead. You could spend $300 on getting it repaired. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I don't think it's worth it. So, yeah, I'm trying to sell it for parts. We'll see. But other than the battery getting warm, there's no sign of life off of that thing. So I spent five, like 100 bucks on the Series 5 here. Um, that's like deal. Pretty scratched up on the bottom, but I don't care because, like I said, I'm probably going to get a Series 9 or a new watch.
1: Oh, an Ultra. (laughs) Or
0: an Ultra. (laughs) As we said in a previous episode, Adrian tried to convince me, and if I get an Ultra, I'll have to do a marathon, so we'll see about that.
1: No, you can do hikes instead.
0: (laughs) You could do hikes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. But I kind of like the new interface. It's interesting when you first install it, they take you, they like give you a tutorial, right? Yeah. Did you see that? And it's, yeah. yeah, the side button doesn't do this anymore. The crown doesn't do this anymore. You want to talk about the new design changes there? It's almost yeah, how I you think... use, even the app circles are different. Yeah, go ahead. Everything's
1: different. I think everything's redesigned from the ground up. And I think it's interesting indeed. Like they onboard you also with the hello in the same style as Mac and iOS. Yeah. Now, yep. Which is cool. Cause it's, straight away feels a lot more playful and a lot more visual. And I think that's the main takeaway of this old redesign. It's like everything is a lot more visual and playful compared to the more static black backgrounds, trying to blend in with a bezel. I think they finally, they appreciate the screen now more and how vibrant it can be without cost of battery life, I hope. (laughs)
0: the battery life isn't great right now, but that's because we're in betas. So yeah, that's probably more of that than anything else. But as far as what's been like, what's the biggest thing you're most impressed with as far as the redesign changes?
1: Um, I think I'm mainly impressed with like how organic things feel, is because I think it, it's also something you start it start to feel a little bit more in in iOS, especially in Dynamic Island. Like everything has a bit more spring to it. Literally, actually, because I think they, they announced this year as well that Spring is the new default animation in Swift. And you can actually, you can just feel it from the get-go. Like, and everything is, feels so much smoother because it's nicely animated. And I think that is the first thing I really like about it.
0: What was I going to say? So if you, I assume you've been playing around with the SDK. What's been your biggest revelation? In that, as far as building apps in watchOS.
1: Oh, <laughs> building, uh, as far as building watchOS apps is that the debugging now works so, so much better. Like this is- <laughs> I w- I gave a talk about watchOS like twice and always one of the pain points was like, yeah, debugging can sometimes be a bit of a painful bit of watchOS development. So Simulator used to be uh, your be- best friend in that regard for yeah. a lot of things. But right now, like, even if you just go to different rooms and back and everything just works. And I was at WWDC, I spoke to the watchless team and <clears throat> it just, they didn't make a big take of it. But apparently they changed the technology that they use for the watch connectivity. So normally it would always go to a phone and that's why it would cause all these yeah. problems. Now I think only the very first time it goes to a phone establish the connection and then it creates a p- connection between sense. your laptop and your watch directly and that's all oh, it's such such a revelation really
0: <laughs> i used two dts tickets this year on watch os development and getting it working <laughs> and yeah once you like we were talking on twitter yesterday and just like once i was able to get developer mode on and once the Whatever it is, it's just like downloading symbols or something from the watch. Once that was done, like today, it's been absolutely amazing as far as the developer experience. It's like basically developing on the iPhone. One of the – yeah, one of the, yeah, one of the big, <laughs> okay, let me speak English. One of the big things I think that they're doing this is because there's a certain device that, as far as I know, might not have a wire you can connect to it. Yeah. Or if you – do have a wire connected to it would be super awkward so it makes sense that they're shifting towards wireless debugging also if they do get rid of the, uh, uh, like a yeah. port at all which i mean i assume they're going to switch to USB-C, but i think so, like, so i think you're
1: right there i think um, that's a
0: big reason why it's, if you're going to develop on the vision pro there's no you have to do it wirelessly
1: yeah i think they the dev kits might have different situations going on cuz from what i could tell is that uh, Currently in house, they also use like a dev cable connected to the thing, but I'm not, I, I don't think they will ship anything with that. So either through right, the USB right. C, and I think the USB C port that's in the battery is literally only the battery, but
0: right. No, I, I think don't know. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go over some of the new stuff in Swift UI specifically on the watch. What do you want to start talking about? Which part, which piece? We
1: have a date picker. I think. I don't think
0: it's people to buy an ultra. I don't know what does.
1: Honestly, the whole state of union could it be. We added a date picker to to watch us, and it was a bit. It felt a bit silly, right, to have a timepiece that didn't have a date picker available to you as a developer. <laughs> <laughs> but, that is uh, weird. Yeah, probably has technical reasons. Uh, I, it's great, but I think the ba- the main. Cool things is the way navigation changes of so the vertical tab view, which it works so smooth out of the box. You just yes, whack in some views in there, and it's it flips like full screen to full screen in a very nice way. And if your full screen is a list, then it changes that one tab to a scrollable list. It's scroll like, view, yeah. Which oh, is it's, awesome. it's so sexy. I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's really it's intuitive. It makes sense. It uses the real estate on the watch. Also found interesting. We have a toolbar now on the watch, mm-hmm. and like a title bar. It's it's almost watchOS ten. It's like we finally take the watch seriously, and now you can like build full blown apps with like yeah. navigation and everything.
1: Yeah, um, it always was already my favorite platform to build for because of, especially because of limitations. Also in sense of limitations of screen real estate. I think it's for it's good design practice in general to build apps with views in mind that do one thing very well and are very glanceable because having glanceable views means that it's easy to understand for the user what is expected of them and i think that's why Watchverse was always one of my favorite platforms to start from but now with these tools that we have available today you can just make that experience so much nicer and so much better
0: let's talk about that a little bit further like as far as designing an app on Watch OS, what do you think? So glanceability is a high priority. What else do you think is like a high priority for a good design on a Watch OS app?
1: Uh, yeah, honestly, focus is the most important thing, and keep in mind at all times that people don't interact with your watch for more than a minute, probably a minute as well, yeah. because just simple for the fact that holding your arm up like this position for a long <laughs> time is. It's just painful, really. <laughs> so I think you have to be much more aware of the environment you use the watch in. Instead of with iPhone, it could be on the table where you just browse around and or on the toilet, whatever. <laughs> where the watch is really, is even more on the go as an iPhone is, I think. so.
0: As a watch, you're talking about using putting your arm like this as a developer when you're testing your app on devices. Oh, oh okay, I can't do this anymore. Like... Yeah, we you need, almost we need, to, need to sell. Uh, Belkin needs to come out with an armrest thing. Arm so
1: like sling, yeah. To, you uh, just yeah, yeah. break your arm once, and then you get an arm sling from the hospital. <laughs> so can, this is just, not health advice, by the way. <laughs> Don't break your <laughs> arm.
0: <laughs> so we did tab views. trying to think what else there was. Was any of the animation stuff? Did you find any of that in SwiftUI? Okay, yeah. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so I think the all the cool part is like all the new SwiftUI animation. APIs for so the keyframe and the face animations and stuff are basically all supported in WatchFest as well. And one of the things is because I talked, during to see, I talked with the guy that, that builds like the weather app for WatchFest. And sure. he showed me the transition of going from a cell to a full screen weather overview. And he told me that's all just a face animation. So you, you could... Swipe from the side to go back, and you could see the view of shape. And as you swipe, and I think that things like that were impossible to do before this year, before WatchOS 10, really. Are so, there
0: like concerns about battery life when you're using animations, or especially when you're not an always on display? I always worry, I want to do more animations than WatchOS, but I feel yeah. like I'm being a bad citizen by doing that.
1: No, if anything, now everything is animated. So I think I, I think they optimized the hell out of animations in the past few years. And okay. I think that the, the way they do the calculations for animation might have changed. I'm not sure, but there's a reason why they went full in on animations in WatchOS 10 as well. I think it's yeah. just the batteries gotten a lot better, and I think they optimize it somehow but for the experience it makes the experience so much nicer especially because on watch you do short interactions you wouldn't not animate everything at all times but because if the watch the display goes off all animations will stop anyway as the refresh rate is so much lower
0: yeah that makes total sense one second before we keep jumping into the api maybe you want to go for some of your favorite talks from this year and what you think? Well, like which ones were the most enriching, or you pulled the most info from?
1: From Dub-tub, maybe? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the update your watch had for Watchverse 10 was a good one. I think it really shows the diff- clear difference between what has changed. Because a lot of people also think it, it not a lot has changed, right? But it is a complete overhaul, and they do have a complete like grid system for different types of views. I was lucky enough to see that early as well. And they really threw it out of the park there. So I think, in the sense of like, they really went from scratch saying these are the rules for design for WatchOS now, in the sense yeah. as, as a grid. Yep. That, and I think that's something. WatchOS apps never really had, and therefore every it was a bit of a free for all, and therefore a lot of apps try to do too many things and try to mimic too much of the iPhone apps. And I think having this grid in place and also presenting it as a full-on redesign, which uh, is it's so. I'm expecting a lot of way better WatchOS apps in the upcoming years.
0: What do you think is like something that's missing from the current set of Watch apps now that? watchOS 10 bring so many new things to the table I
1: and mean, honestly i'm not missing anything really at this point yeah so, yeah i think also, especially now because core data could be a bit of a, a worrisome child <laughs> for watchOS <laughs> to, so to speak but i think it could it's also not the nice it was also not so nice on ios and to begin with and anyway. so i think with swift data yeah. in place that's quite a lot nicer because the thing we watch is they do a lot of optimizations for your battery life on when to sync yep. things and stuff, and I think yep. that is still a bit of a question on when is happening what, and I almost start to think at this point they don't even know anymore when it's happening. But I think it's just trust, trust the system <laughs> and yeah. don't try to make it do things that it shouldn't do.
0: What are some other talks that you were a big fan of
1: this year? To be fair, I... You think just, I mainly watch a lot of the what's new in, in X type of talks. And I think one non-WatchOS related talk that I really enjoyed is the design dynamic life activities one. Because I think live activities was last year announced during the iPhone 14 Pro. So right. I never really had a right. proper WWDC video about it. And this year, they the design dynamic life activities really gives some good tips and overall good design tips in general, like how to visually align things when they're not perfectly circular or rectangle, it's like, they like just blur it and then central, centralize it visually. Cause when you blur it, you can easily see the mass of it instead of being distracted by the shape things. And so I think that's a really cool one.
0: What's been your overall impression of live activities in the dynamic island over the last year?
1: I like them, but it's, I think it's still a bit of a thing that's like, it's so niche still because only iPhone 14 Pro has it, right. so it's a very, it's the high-end market only, really, if you realistically right. speaking. It's just also, like, it's only exists for half a year now, so there's still a lot of to figuring out, and I think it's a great tool as, when done right, and I feel like in with the iOS 17 beta already, you notice it's been used a lot more as well, yeah. By Apple, because they probably still needed to figure out exactly what would make a difference. Of course, the interactivity in widgets and stuff helps with it. it. Gives a bit of interactivity, too. But I'm excited to see more and more live, cool dynamic islands, live activities stuff happening. Live activities are on old devices, of course, but especially for the na- dynamic islands, it needs some cool new sources.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jumping back to the watch, let's talk a little bit about some of the other new things that came with SwiftUI and watch OS. What's this idea of, maybe you can explain smart stacks and what that actually means.
1: Yeah. So smart stacks is basically your, it's basically like the old Siri watch face, but then in every watch face, cause it's always accessible. And the thing they did very cleverly is it just uses the accessory rectangle widget that you already have in most cases. But then you can give it a nice bit more colors and a bit more vibrancy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it basically works similar as your widget stack does on iOS, um, sure. except this is accessible for at all times from your watch face. And I think that's really really handy because, hand, again, going back to the glanceability, the stack should know what you need at the moment and it will learn from your behavior as you do. So I think it's very clever because I think the Siri watch face, when it was introduced, it was like, oh, this makes so much sense. But it was never really easy to propagate things. to. Right. And I take this after announcing that complications are now widgets. This is such... A, clever next step to the evolution of this thing.
0: Do you remember time travel? Oh, yeah. So it's like dead finally. Oh, yeah. Um, but essentially what time travel do, used to do, they now essentially do that with the smart stacks. So like you said, any face, you just go, you just turn the crown and it shows you whatever it thinks is the most important thing you probably want to look at. And yeah, it's pretty nice. So you get, like, the Siri watch face everywhere almost behind your watch. Yeah. So then we got, I'm just looking at the list, source list. What's a a source list? Do you want to explain that? Source list. So is that, oh, is that, like, where you have a list and you have navigation and then now you can go back? I think that's what that means.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure why it's called source.
0: yeah. Yeah, so, and then we have the whole idea of, like, background colors. Yeah. They use that. Yeah, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so now you have a container background, and the container background even can generate, so when you do a color with a dot gradient on the color in that container background, it doesn't do the same gradient as it does in the views. It optimizes it for the Apple Watch. For example, in the activity slash workouts app, yeah, and the activity app. Or fitness apps. I don't know. <laughs> it's called different every time. Mm-hmm. You see the red background going into a gradient to black and a yellow background. That one is just a single color with that gradient in the container background and it makes it smooth for you. So I think that's really nice. And I think that's the easiest way they could make it to, for people to give a few, a, a nice background that, that fits with the OS. I'm starting to experiment a bit. I, I want to go a bit further. I want to try to animate the background when it's on, like, very subtly. Yeah. It's I'm still... <laughs> I'm still fighting a bit. I think fighting the API a bit, but I'll send some feedback points to their way to hope that maybe that is a performance issue. Maybe it's a, maybe I shouldn't, but I I just want to make it even nicer.
0: Did you see my video I posted on Twitter of the stuff I've been playing around with? No. Skip Okay. Yeah, I've been doing, I've been playing around with like heart twitch especially and doing like an animated heart beat in the background with a graph on top, animated graph on top and stuff like that. I've never touched animation, but it. I don't know if you ever were like a flash developer, but it reminds (laughs) me of that kind of like the free, the amount of freedom I have to like create cool animations and stuff like that is just amazing. Yeah. Um, But like,
1: it makes it feel alive, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it totally makes it feel alive. Yeah, exactly. So there's, can you, maybe you can help explain. There's different types of animations now, right? There's phase animator, keyframe animator. What am I missing and what's the differences between each of the ones?
1: Yeah, and you also have the new transitions,
0: which are on widgets, not
1: in widgets for WatchOS, by the way. That's also a good thing to know. All the interactivity and animations are not part of the WatchOS widgets. But yeah, so with the phase animation, I haven't played too much with the keyframe. With the phase animations, you can just give it different phases of a transition almost, which you can set beforehand to your own needs. And I think you can have up to a 100 different phases or so. So that gives quite a flexibility in what the behavior of your view needs to be haven't spent too much time playing around with it just yet, but I know that's how they did a lot of the transition animations in the native apps. And that if, it, if you can't do it in a hundred steps, then what are you trying to do, really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> trying to make a full-fledged movie, it. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um... So I think this is one of those APIs that's very welcoming for everyone that wants to make their apps feel a bit more organic. because back then, UIKit uh, used to have so much much more control in your animations and think that was one of the things people would go back for, but I like how with SwiftUI, they know what's missing, obviously, and they know they need to make things more and more aligned with what UIKit can do. But I like that they don't just whack it in there, they just take their time to think about what will be the SwiftUI way to do this and what will be like the most simplest way to do this and jumping back on that the animations it get complicated quite fast just because animations are complicated to get right yep. but one of the main, prime examples is that if you use dot spring as an animation it doesn't ask for damping friction and stuff anymore it just ask for duration and bounce which yep. is just normal human language for the same things <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yeah, it's i think that's just lovely yeah, yeah, yeah. We both, especially if you haven't touched it for a while. Then you're like, oh, what was the friction again? What was the damping again? And now <laughs> it's just... <laughs> and now it's just, oh yeah, bounciness and duration, that's it.
0: We both caught Adam Bell's talk at Swift Heroes. We were obviously physically there. And just, like, the stuff that he was doing with vinyl is just, like, amazing. But, like, he had to touch so much core... Like, is it core animation or core... Yeah, you have to touch so much of that stuff and like doing all the complicated trigonometry and I get it, like it does build, but man just like having to maintain that. It's just like yeah. and you're trying to explain your really animations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's some really cool stuff that he does with the with that app, album app, but but now bringing that to Swift UI is just gonna I think it's gonna open so many doors to a lot more developers of what they can
1: yeah. do. Yeah. And you have shaders yeah. now as well. That's cool.
0: Yeah, you can, um, so you can bring in like metal shaders, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, but not to watch. Have you done it, that yet? I've played about, but I'm terrible at writing shaders, so I'll just hope Chad Chat GPT can write a ChatGPT GPT can <laughs> write some good shaders <laughs> for <myself. laughs>
0: What's your ChatGPT GPT app on the watch? Uh,
1: oh yeah, it's PT. <laughs> yeah,
0: PT. Just ask PT. Hey PT, <laughs> yeah. write me a shader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then you have to nice. copy and paste from your watch. That'll be fun. actually,
1: yeah, done that. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. There you go. Petey, the metal shader generator Maker. for everyone. <laughs> yeah. What else do you want to talk about the watch?
1: I think it's what, for me, I think it's most interesting is the fact that in the last few years, it got so much more feature parity with what iOS can do. Like, even introducing Subigity Key or like, just about last year, even though it's a super old API. But it's funny enough that there there's I think there's one a p i from the old watch connect watch kit today that a lot of still, people still use, and I think they should not touch it because it works flawlessly in my perspective, and that's the watch connectivity one, yeah, so yeah, of course they could make it maybe a bit more swifty or whatever, but I think it has something nostalgic to me that's the one old watch kit thing that's still there and it still works. Very flawlessly, You, you send, if you want to send something directly to the phone, use Watch Connectivity API.
0: Um, yeah, I built a whole Swift package around it that uses Combine so it's easier to hook up to SwiftUI, which do I don't see. know where I don't know where Combine is. But if you're doing anything with SwiftUI and Watch Connectivity, you can definitely check out SundialKit. Um,
1: I'll, I'll check it out. Actually, I've seen it.
0: Yeah, uh, because I found myself wanting to you know exactly when a message comes in and plug it into SwiftUI in a swiftui UI way. Yeah. And the other thing I was just going to say is like the last three years have been such a drought as far as watchOS stuff. Like when I heard rumors that watchOS 10 was going to be a big overhaul, I was like, oh, thank God. It's been so long. And we got it. We got something. Even though we have like new hardware this year, they actually did a big update to the watch, which was great.
1: Yeah. I think since SwiftUI came along, WatchOS got a lot nice, building for WatchOS got a lot nicer. And I think especially yeah. the uh, connection for debugging being solved now, that's a big welcome. I think that's something a lot of people, ma- made a lot of people stop building for WatchOS. And I only I hope totally they will fix, it. they will update the app stores to accommodate WatchOS only apps a bit better as well. But... There's always needs to be one wish.
0: I lost you for a minute there. There you oh, go. You got me back? <laughs> yeah. Anything Swift UI related you want to talk about? Or anything else about WWDC before we close out?
1: I think this WWDC was in general very nice in the sense of we had a big new product. Of course, so that doesn't happen every year. Um, and of
0: course, you're talking about my brand new MacBook Air 15-inch.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. No, the cheese grater.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the nearly empty hollow cheese grater with the tiny <laughs> chip inside. Yeah.
1: But also I think like even the that big announcement of Vision Pro overshadowed so much of the other stuff. Even those are there. It's such a big update, especially to Switch UI because of Vision Pro as well, probably with the shaders and the more reality kit integration stuff and mm-hmm. just the overall... Yeah, the animation and APIs and the new map kit stuff and new scrollable charts and store kit stuff. And there's so much still going on. And it's been all overshadowed by this one big project that man, it's such a nice quality of life type of updates, which has which in any year would be enough to be normal update as well. But it feels like it's quality of life.
0: <laughs> has there been a big, I got two more questions out of that. So vision pro. What's your plan?
1: <laughs> Secret. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm currently still in the midst of an overall of my mu- music app now playing, which is basically like liner notes, but digital. So I connect, so in short, I connect any song or artist or album to a lo- lot of different sources to find the story behind the song in a very visual way. And I want to finish that overall for iPad first to have a solid base for Vision OS because I yeah. want to make that, a, I feel like that's a really good fit for Vision OS where you could just yeah. grab an album and I could recognize the album and show like content around it and then you could go yeah. full immersive and then you get like videos and photos and colors and snippets and samples and whatnot that I can find about the song. And basically, I want to ex- explore what immersive music discovery looks like and it's almost um,
0: it sounds like amazon x-ray but for music in a way yeah you know what yeah. I'm talking
1: about? It, 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 yeah it, it, basically that's what i have right now i know
0: but, i'm old enough to know what an album is okay yeah, like, yeah. i know a liner notes are. but i'm just saying like digitally it's close it seems close to the x-ray does yeah it's,
1: i always thought like because i'm a big music i could still buy a lot of music and with this app already have the content in place i just like, I want I almost want to make it my life mission to make, to bring the fun back into listening to music because everything's not everything's just a playlist or a TikTok song from 30 seconds. And yeah. I feel like the the fun of having a yeah. physical album and then discovering mm-hmm. about the music, I think that's something I really want to bring back. And I think vision yeah, I love pro, that idea. I think vision pro is a really good platform for that actually because everything is very much about content in this case so
0: yeah we'll see see. it's funny because adam's whole app was albums too and it seems like a thing is like having you like with your designer animator folks and i love that too i feel like with the like i use the apple music app on the mac like 90 percent of the time and yeah yeah it's interesting yeah i wish there were something better on the mac out there and I know. I'm Probably 1% of people who just end up using their iPhone to listen to TikTok. (laughs) Some of us want to listen to a whole album, like you said, the whole piece together and get the story about it without having to look up Wikipedia all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get it.
1: What would be your one wish for WatchOS still? Would you still have a wish for WatchOS?
0: Oh, like as far as like for the OS itself?
1: Yeah, or APIs you would love to see. That's
0: a good question. I don't think I have something for watchOS. I feel like it's way too early for me to say because I'm still deep diving into Swift UI navigation, Swift UI toolbar, like all this new stuff. Like you said, we've got a lot of new design paradigms on how things work. So going back to what we were talking about about older APIs, we had talked about watch connectivity, core data, at least core data's been moved over, which is nice.
1: Yeah. But HealthKit so nice. like
0: HealthKit HealthKit could really use a modern API. Um, yeah, it's fine. Actually, it's, speaking I don't of which,
1: there okay, go is. ahead. Go ahead. There, you can actually because uh, Core Motion got quite some updates actually of all the APIs that
0: that now there,
1: where you can now access the heart rate sensor through Core Motion as well, not just only HealthKit anymore. So that's quite cool.
0: But you still do you still need permissions for that?
1: Probably. I don't. I haven't looked into the details yet, okay. but I saw. Yeah, I assume so because for core motion you also need permission anyway. Uh, okay, so- I
0: didn't know that. I've been wanting to dive into core motion. I just haven't had a chance to. And they yeah, support high frequency
1: awesome. stuff now as well, so you get more, more okay. accurate, which is cool if you want to train yeah. models.
0: Yeah, yeah, like. Uh, just going back, like right now in the, we're, what, a week and a half after WWDC, I'm still like learning new stuff. And I feel so like much. the limitation is my imagination right now, not the API <laughs> and just learning the right, right paradigm for it. Yeah. That's a good spot um, to be in. It's just, it's a very fun spot to be in. Like not having so much stress over not being able to deploy your watch app during development or like previews not crashing. Like. They've done a really good job. I'm really impressed with Xcode 15 yeah. and the watch development experience. So, Yeah, yeah. that's the
1: one thing I, I mentioned when I when you lost me. I think the one thing they could fix is not necessarily the WatchOS team itself, but it's the App Store team. It's like right. shipping WatchOS only apps. is I don't think it's... they have to change anything there, and that's quite a pain.
0: Yeah. So, like, my story is with any of my old apps that were WatchOS only, I build a I build the most basic iPhone app I can just to get the visibility on the app store because of that exact experience. Like at this point, yeah, you should build a watch OS app that it doesn't need the iPhone app, but you should probably have an iPhone app just so you, people can actually find you. Unfortunately, I think that's still the case. Like the iPhone app store should show watch OS apps. It like, does. But if... And I... be able to install them easily. Yeah, um, but that's yeah, the
1: Cause I had a big, big fight with that when I launched PT, cause I launched PT as a watch source yep. only app first. And then it was four ninety nine to purchase. And then a lot of times people would not have it installed automatically. So they, yep. and the thing is that if you're not aware, like the download button of a watch only app, once you've purchased it becomes the disabled purchase button. So you can't do anything. So we've got a lot of one-star reviews saying, this is scam because I paid for the app and it doesn't show up on my watch app. So yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> you need to go right. to the app store and go Apple Watch in that case. Yeah, we've then, had that
0: issue too. We had the whole tutorial showing yeah. how to download a watch. Yeah. And it's just uh, this is too much. Yeah.
1: It is. Yeah, that's then, I think
0: the biggest disappointment with independent watch apps.
1: Yeah, um, and then even when that, you then add a iOS version to the app, it takes about two weeks for the app store to Refresh its cache and lets you download its... That
0: sucks. <laughs> yeah, that really sucks. So let's hope they fix that. Like, if they, we had, we some... actually had it, I'll just say we had an actual bug that we filed a feedback for where people had downloaded the app but they then got like a new iPhone and then they tried to download it again and it wouldn't let them. They actually fixed it finally in one of the dot releases, but nice. Yeah, I feel like there's still some work on the whole app store watch stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely, or app store what? in general, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What uh, before we close out, I'm going to ask if what's on your wish list for the next watch? I guess that comes out in September, October. Oh man. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah,
1: I funny enough, last year I would say an extra button. <laughs> but yeah. We got that. So this year I would say maybe use be able to use that extra button without needing to be a workout thing.
0: Okay. <laughs> it have to be a work workout thing. Yeah. Show,
1: show them yeah. Okay. So so much, yeah.
0: Okay. it's can't a start, be like
1: It's a workout it's a workout intent.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay.
1: I haven't looked into it. Maybe that's changed this year. I haven't. Looked, I don't think so. But we'll check that. And then other maybe the background, the ex, the extended runtime sessions have more categories for that. But that's sure. again on the API level. That's not necessarily on the hardware level, is it? So hard, big a battery life. Yeah, it's always I'm really better. hopeful.
0: The rumor is they're going to put a new processor finally in it, and that's probably oh, what yeah. help me back on. Um, not getting an ultra because the ultra is basically the same processor you've been using for the last two, three years. So mm. that I think is going to be a big leap, hopefully, yeah. but yeah, Anything yeah. Else maybe more sensors.
1: About? I don't know. Maybe always
0: like, yeah. More sensors. Uh, yeah. yeah what are, like what, there's been the blood sugar talk through like light. Oh yeah. Um, and then there's been, I mean, who knows what else they can do off of the wrist. That'd be interesting.
1: Yeah. They can go nuts. I think.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Was there anything else, Hide, before we close out? No, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been fantastic. I'm glad to finally have you on and have a really good, fun topic to talk about this year with WatchOS 10. Where can people find you online?
1: I'm at Hide, Thunder, Plu- or Hide, Plu- <laughs> on Twitter. It's probably in the link in the show notes or something. And at Hide on Mastodon. It's, that's hidden without the N So that's easier, I think <laughs> It's also and on my we'll website, you link- can find it yeah.
0: yeah, and we'll have links to your website Social media accounts, apps, all that Thanks. fun stuff is be Yeah, I appreciate it, it. So. My, my so parents did not, it My
1: parents did not think of my online presence In an international world You need, a, <laughs> you need, you need
0: like a stage <laughs> name Just yeah. get a stage <laughs> name
1: Mr. Oh, Watch
0: <laughs> Mr. Watch, <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that Mr. Watch? Oh, yes. What's the latest from Mr. Watch? People can find me online at Leo G Dion, both Twitter and Mastodon and LinkedIn. And my company is Bright Digit. Take some time to review the podcast. I'd appreciate any feedback, any feedback on topics. Just DM me. Please let me know. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can subscribe, of course. Thank you so much. And we'll be talking to you again. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.